Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Not only is this the Double or Nothing post show, it is also the Hell in a Cell pre-show. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, two pay-per-views in one shot. Five hours of AEW television or AEW pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm so wrestled out. I can't speak correctly. <laughs> Welcome to Anarchy over the airwaves. It's going to be one hell of an edition of the PFC Professional Wrestling Podcast. Elio, why are you looking at the camera as if you've never seen me before? As if you're scared. What are you doing? What? What's going on? Well, you know, because, ladies and gentlemen, seriously, this is going to be one hell of a show. I don't know if we've done a show like this before, Elio. This may be very different indeed. No, we haven't done a show like this. I mean, like, and uh, if you didn't remind me about Helen Russell, I wouldn't have known that it was this Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Well... That, that makes two of us. Because, because, we, because I, was, I was like, come on, we just finished Double or Nothing. Why would he have another pay-per-view? <laughs> well, and, you know, I thought I I thought May was a very busy month. As we're recording this, it's, it's May 31st, but you guys won't be hearing this until probably uh, early tomorrow morning. Um but uh, if you count this episode, we've recorded nine episodes in the month of of May, oh my God. which wow. is absolutely insane. Um, you know, usually we do one show a week, but goddamn, you know, I, I just I can't escape, Elio. It's like uh, it's like you're, um, you're you're scaring me with all these different pictures you keep putting up before we get on the air, and I can't even get a break. Jesus Christ. Well, what's you, up, man? Wait till you see what everyone planned on Saturday. Yeah, um, not too much going on here. Um, it was a bit of a slow week, but it was a long Sunday night uh, that we didn't even do a show after the pay-per-view Sunday night because by the time it was over, it was like 1 a.m. I was looking at my watch and the last match was still going on. Well, you know, and... And I agree. This this pay per view was entirely too long, um, and um, you know there were there were a lot of great elements, and we're going to get into that. But also, we have to be fair in our analysis, and there were several drawbacks um, to this show. I would I would argue that Revolution was a much better show overall. Um, but um, but but as always, we will give you a very um, a very fair and very balanced approach to the AEW pay per view. You know, we try to be cool, but you know, we got to tell you the truth. And also, um, I noticed something very interesting. Uh, not ab- not about AEW, but the, 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 this is about the Hell in a Cell card. Okay. There are no SmackDown matches announced for this. You were telling me this off air. That, that's so weird. Wow. And we only have... Okay, we only have... As it stands right now, we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and we only have one WWE show in that time frame. So you mean to tell me that they're going to put all of these matches, you know, from the SmackDown side on the card two days ahead of time? And ladies and gentlemen, I criticized AEW for that very same thing when they, um, when they did it on the Rampage prior to Double or Nothing. Um, when they added uh, Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly and the six-person uh, t- tag match with uh, Hey Conti and Paige Van Zandt as the female competitors, and oh, you know, can we can we get some proper planning here for for these pay-per-views? I mean, AEW did a lot of good, but they also did a lot of bad. And, let, and let's tell you. Let's tell the truth here, folks. Um, WWE can't build a pay-per-view for shit. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're just going to tell you the truth and try to have a lot of fun on the show tonight because, my my God, this may be the last, the last bit of energy I have. And I hope to God, Elio, you know I love doing this show with you, but I hope to God after this I don't have to see you until Saturday. <laughs> my, my, my voice box needs a break for Christ's sake. Right, jeez. Fans, it's not easy doing podcasts and planning them out, and when you, especially when you have to do ones that that are like they're like on the fly, where it's just out of nowhere, like an RKO. Yes, absolutely, and. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about this when we get to the uh, when we get to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But but speaking of Randy Orton, this whole um, uh, this whole build and the way that they approach this breakup between him and Riddle with, with his back injury storyline is very interesting. Um, so uh, you know we have a lot to go over today. And as Elio makes adjustments on his side of things, you'll just hear my voice for a little while longer. And, um, you know, you guys may want to grab certain refreshments and all of that because this may be a very long show. Hopefully not as long as our WrestleMania review, but I do anticipate this being one of our longer shows. Sorry, we just had to run in, so I had to meet myself. Yes, we had a we had a run in from you from your dad. It looks like, and uh, you know, he, he he decided to join us. He's a fan of the show. Well, I I would hope so. After all, after all, you are his namesake. So anything that you have to say on this show, he's partially responsible for. Shall we make that? <laughs> shall we make that jump? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't think so, but. Um, you know, Elio, what did you think of all the action that we had this weekend, my friend? I actually enjoyed um, Double or Nothing. Um, I yeah, there were a few low points, but um, I liked the Go Home Show. I found to be more fun than the preview. Was good. It was fun, but like I said, there were like some low points to it. Absolutely, I agree. So. Um, Without too much further ado, let's jump right into um, the overall review. And um, shortly before the pay-per-view got underway, 
it was announced that um, MJF and Wardlow was going to be kicking off the show. Now, now, for those of you that are living under a rock, well, if you're a wrestling fan, I'm not sure how you wouldn't have heard of this, but um, apparently there's been some backstage uh, drama involving MJF and his uh, contract negotiations slash um, reported holdup of um, of Tony Khan. Now, Elio, when we, when we first reported this on uh, on the um, post rampage edition of the show, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't even sure I wanted to report it with you because. You know, nobody can really tell if um, anything involving MJF is a work or a shoot. And actually, uh, before you go on, I actually put that up as a poll on my uh, wrestling TikTok wrestling page. And um, and, and I ha- I have those results for you. Absolutely, let's hear them. So let me just pull them up. So I asked. MJF no shows today's AEW Fan Fest in Las Vegas. Is it a work or a shoot? 62% went with work while 38% said it was a shoot. And I I can certainly understand those results given um, given MJF's uh, past character work. Um, The thing that is very interesting to me is that um, when it was reported so close to the start of the pay-per-view that that match was going to kick off the show, that raised an eyebrow because I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but it seemed to me that MJF and Wardlow was the most built-up match on the, on the card going in, even more so, arguably, than uh, CM Punk and... Um, and the Hangman Page for the world title. What do you think? Yeah, they've been they've been building this up for really well. This uh, storyline between Wardlow and MJF. I mean, there were a couple of weeks I liked uh, Wardlow's matches. I liked the the symphony of power, the powerbomb symphony, and then there were weeks where I was like, okay, it's enough already. But I, they built it up real well. The Page and Punk uh, story. It's just so it was just okay. Yeah. Um. Well, well and here's my and, and here, here's my thing, right? So, I I actually gave this some thought prior to coming on the show tonight because I wanted to make sure that I came across the right way because I don't want to be those one of those guys that just automatically jumps onto uh, internet reports and reports them as if they're absolute truth because we, we know we know what happens with you know wrestling internet don't stuff. be a male too well precisely <laughs> um, but, but I will say this okay I was on the phone with um with one of my friends, and he he was saying that um, 
he he thinks that, or he thought that the match with Wardlow and MJF was going to be a uh, was going to be a squash match from the jump, even before um, the reports of of MJF's um, you know missing the fan fest and all of that. And you know, I, I was I was commenting that I kind of I kind of saw that. Um, where he was coming from based off the build, you know, because for the entire time of the storyline, it, w- it was almost like like JBL versus John Cena back in the day, you know, where, where Wardlow couldn't uh, touch MJF and then he finally got what he wanted coming into the, uh, coming into the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Now, all of that makes sense, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not criticizing it because the way that the match came off fits very well with the um, storyline itself. Um, I now hindsight being 2020, I would have liked to have to to have seen or to have known whether or not that was the plan going in, or if it was shifted based off um, what happened in Vegas just prior to to, you know, the pay-per-view and all the news that broke. Um, because on one hand, I understand the squash storyline entirely, um, but on the other hand, it was built up more and more. So I I, I don't know. I, I would have expected that to be one of the co-main events. Um, and... Uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how this story unfolds. The other thing that I want to bring up, because I, I saw this and it was bothering me, I've seen comparisons between MJF and the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation. And... Elio, you're already kind of smirking, so I think you kind of understand just because you've known me for a while now where I'm going with this. Okay? Now, we've already talked about the Sasha Banks-Naomi situation ad nauseum. This is not going to be a long, drawn-out discussion, but I find the comparisons to be laughable because while they seem similar on the surface... They're not similar at all in terms of execution. Because, you know, MJF has been booked and presented like a star that he is, yeah. quite frankly, this entire time. Okay? And um, and he had one of the biggest matches going into the pay-per-view. Actually, the probably the match I was looking forward to the most, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, and, and of course, it unfolded the way it did. And I was, in a way, I was not satisfied with it because even though all of the, all of the different elements I explained to you um, are true, and I take those into account, you know, it's just, for a big... You know, blow off of a huge feud like that. I I would like more of a battle than what than what we got. Um, but f- for for those of you comparing this to the 
Sasha Banks Naomi situation, I don't I don't know what you're looking at because apparent if MJF really you know almost no showed the the pay per view because of this, and even to put Tony Khan in the position that he was put in. To, to have to, you know, put this on first so MJF could leave the arena, you know, and all of that stuff. That's that's unprofessional. Uh, the very definition of the word, you know, it just is. Um, you know, I've, I keep hearing the cash and creative argument, but, you know... I don't, I don't see how any of that holds, holds any water in this situation because you know that MJF is going to get paid based off the caliber of talent that he is. I don't know what his problem is. There's got to be something to this story that, that we're missing here because. Why is his contract such a big issue now when it doesn't expire until 2024? Yep. I I don't I don't quite understand that. So, um, I don't know. You know, I want I, I want to I, I I would like to to question where, where all this is coming from, but it's just so hard to, you know, break it down because how much of this is MJF's character versus versus reality because nobody can tell with him. And, that, and that's and that's part of um, part of what makes MJF so good because when's the last time we couldn't figure out something that was going on behind the scenes? You know, we've had all these reports and we still don't know. You know, that's you know, and and that's the definition of kayfabe that has been long gone from professional wrestling, especially in the age of social media. So I don't know. So that that whole thing was very um, was very interesting to me. Now the actual match. Let's get into the actual match now. Well, hold on. What, we we did you watch the buy-in? Uh, yes, I did. Um. I'll, 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 I'll just take the buy-in for you. Well, basically, yeah. Hulk House and beat Mark Sterling and Twenty saying I just because I have to say, who is Mark Sterling? I, mean, I know who Mark Sterling is, but I mean, I never heard of him like as a wrestler, and I had to. He actually has uh, something on it on him, like because I looked him up. And what do you have? <laughs> Apparently, he's been with AIW. Beyond Shikara, CZW, WrestleBro, he was in the WWE for like one match. He he teamed up with he he lost the tag team match to the Viking Raiders on Monday Night Raw, December second, twenty nineteen. <laughs> Well, that's a golden nugget right there. That's hilarious. <laughs> Even though he was in the WWE, like for like one match. Wow. That's that's funny. Now, oh, because I didn't get to see it, but like, how did how did he do? I'm sure he was terrible. 
It, it, it was very, it was very animated, very like over the top. His wardrobe was ridiculous. They hate when they take these uh, people that are actual wrestlers and other promotions, but they make them look like they don't know how to wrestle in the yeah. company they're currently in. Yeah, that's a very WWE esque move. <laughs> I, you know, I un- I understand why they did it based off the um, Hook and Dan House and storyline, but. Um, you know, and it, it wasn't like it was terrible. It wasn't like it was amateur hour at the Apollo before we went on the air. But it, it was just kind of like, I would have expected something bigger given the amount of time that Hook and Danhausen have gotten. It got uh, five minutes and 22 seconds here. Yeah. All right, so now let's get into the uh, show itself. So that uh, that brings us to um, MJF versus Wardlow. This was my first high point of the night, and um, I, I really liked the the presentation of Wardlow before he came, uh, you know, and got in the ring because it very much reminded me of Goldberg, but it was done in a very cool way. Yep. They uh they had him in this uh like uh I think uh box or this like uh yeah kind of like an isolation thing box. It looked like it almost looked like a hockey cage or a drum yeah, tank. Yeah, yeah, like 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 a like a chamber kind of. Yeah, it almost looked like a drum tank that um you know that fans could get a little overzealous or locked into until the end of the of the night. So that was kind of cool, and um, so he he finally uh, gets in the ring, and then uh, uh, here comes MJF, and he is getting. Or uh, I'm sorry, MJF came out first, and then Wardlow did his thing, but uh, but MJF was getting nuclear heat based off of uh, the reports. That, Going into the show, I mean, yeah. I mean, the fans were were chanting "asshole." Um, you know, MJ, MJF was acting like he was a plane, you know, as he was getting in the ring and stuff like that. So um, there was that. Now, now the actual match. Let's talk about it. It wasn't really much of a match. It was like an angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so match quality wise it wasn't there but in terms of MJF getting his ass kicked it was, it was a satisfying end to the to the storyline how many, how many power bombs did, did they say uh, Warlow gave him 10 <laughs> 10 no, I was like what because he picked him up one, the, the first time he picked up uh, MJF uh, escaped and, and slid out of the ring so, so okay. The the storyline, the segment was fine. Um, you know, like I said, not much of a not much of a match. But here's where I had a little bit of an issue. Uh-oh. I, I, no, 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 it's not bad. It's just something I yeah. wanted to discuss, kind of yeah, like yeah. a talking point. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I understand going in that the whole thing was that MJF was under contract 
or Wardlow was under contract with MJF, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And and the stakes of the the stakes of the match were to either get get Wardlow out from under MJF's contract or he would be, he would get released or whatever. Um but I, I still didn't like how at the end of the um at the end of the match a big graphic came up, Wardlow is all elite. <laughs> like like I mean, they, I they, they had that already, didn't they? Yeah, but I mean, I, I get it, but it just, I, I didn't need that. Yeah. So then, the the next match was the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't like it was bad, but it was... It was a little bit lacking because you you could you could tell that um, the young bucks were doing the heavy lifting in this match. Yeah, this was my first uh, low point. I didn't really care much for this match. And you know, and I think the reviewers are being a little bit kind. Uh oh. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I not just with the one I'm using, but I think. Um, from several reviews that I looked at in preparation for this show, um, I think they're being a little bit kind given the fact that it is the Hardys and the Young Bucks. And it, this is a great match for a lot of different people. And, and they're making it sound like uh, this is the dream match that finally happened. No, they already had a match in ROH. Exactly, exactly. So it's not a dream match, relax. <laughs> So, um, but both Hardys just had a very off night. And, and you know, it, it's kind of frustrating for, for me because, you know, I'm watching this and I want both teams to do well. I know I've had my issues, you know, with the Young Bucks and I've explained that, but ultimately, especially on pay-per-view, I'm not wishing for for a match to come off wrong, especially a match of that of that caliber. Um, but this match was given 19 minutes and 15 seconds, according to the review that I'm looking at. That's the unofficial time. Um, and um, you know, it's like it's like the Young Bucks were were working at half speed. To compensate for how off the Hardys were, I, ha- I have yeah. uh, I have uh, another review here for the for the match. And what does yours say? Mine says, "Had the match been had the match been more consistent throughout, this would have been an easy B plus at the very least. As it was, it was a good match that probably exposed the Hardys' ability to go along." But did enough to satisfy the audience's love for all things Team Extreme, and they gave it a B minus. Well, like like I said, I think that I think that's still being a little bit kind, um, you know. And the thing is, uh, Jeff looked bad, and um, there and I and I was curious about that, and um, it said that he was. Report said that he was a mess going into it, which no shit. I wonder why. Look, look at the matches he's been having. You know, he's been diving off, you know, buildings and, and tables yep, and yep. fucking 
you know, diving off ladders onto fucking steps and shit. They need to stop doing these matches, seriously. They're not, this is not uh, the WWF uh, two, in 2000 anymore. This is 2022. You know, and, and I mean, I, I talked about how um, the, the, the main match that I'm talking about in terms of, in terms of, you know, fucking Jeff up for this show um, you know, is the Owen Hart qualifier like semifinal or whatever it was? And um, you know, I mean, good God, did you did you see? You know what happened with, with when you know Darby Allen came off the ladder and was doing you know, and and then Jeff was you know. Trying to do a swanton bomb on top of steel steps and shit. No, like, no wonder he's fucked up. Do you know how old these guys are? Um, let me. No, let no, me hold on. I'm, I'm going to tell you because I, I have it in front of me. I did that for you already. I want. I, I want to say Jeff. Jeff's got to be like 45, which means that Jeff is which, 45. Yes. Which means that. Matt has to be like forty-seven. Matt is forty. Yeah, forty-seven going on forty-eight. He's he's my age. Yeah, and it's just you know, granted, um, you know, I'm I have been a huge fan of the Hardys from the jump. I always have, but you also have to keep in, into account. That you know, Jeff is forty-five. Yeah. Matt Matt is almost forty-eight. There's no way that they can still do these matches. No, I, like I just said a few minutes ago, it's this isn't two. This isn't two thousand and one where they can just like jump off ladders and uh, go through tables. You know, and and. Yes, they hi- they highlighted the, the Darby Allen Jeff Hardy match as being the one that messed him up going into this pay per view. What? But and and that might be true because that match was fucking r- ridiculous, especially especially in the context of an Owen Hart tournament match. Because when the fuck was Owen ever involved in uh, in a match like that? Now, how the fuck does that pay tribute to Owen Hart? And I, ha- um, I had I had fans arguing. Well, uh, you know, Owen would have appreciated that. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it, had, it, had nothing to, it had nothing to do with Owen Hart. Absolutely nothing. So, aside from that, you know, I just. You know, we've we've seen Matt Hardy get fucked up numerous times during during his run with AEW. You know, he got that gigantic chair shot or like the chair thrown at him by uh, by Sammy Guevara that absolutely fucked him up because it wasn't the gimmick chair. You know, he 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 looked like he was sliced to bits by Chucky or something. And then, uh, I remember he also uh, fell off of that scaffold thing at that one pay per view. Yeah, and and literally, and literally, folks, I am not joking or trying to be entertaining. 
when I, when I tell you this, because I just want to be clear, because I I tend to get hyped up when we're doing this shit, but I'm being I'm being very serious with you. I thought I witnessed a man die on live pay per view. I I I mean, literally, I thought it was another Owen Hart, you know, on you know on that pay per view that we're t- that Elio uh, was mentioning. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't need to go to that level. I don't I don't understand it. I appreciate Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy for trying to be the Hardys and and, and working their ass off. Look, both teams absolutely worked their ass off in this match. I'm not saying it was bad, but you know, it just doesn't have to be that. You know, and, and, and like, like, like I said, no wonder Jeff was fucked up. I mean, look at what he's done since he's come into AEW. He's trying to be a fucking crash dummy as if he's still at Royal Rumble 2000. What the, I mean, yeah. what the fuck? You know, or I'll even throw it back to No Mercy 99. I mean, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, you're 45 years old, brother. Like, take a break. Um, you know, but I think, I think... At the same time, I think I want to be respectful as well because I love the Hardys and like this is their final run and they've said it themselves and they're trying to do the best they can. Well, you're not going to have much of a run if you kill yourself, brother. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying. So you know, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying the match was bad, but Jesus Christ, can, can we consider the long-term health of the Hardys, please? Um. You know, so that was a little bit concerning for me. So, um, but without going on too much of a rant, you know, there, there's going to be rants, there's going to be reviews, there's going to be analysis. I said this is anarchy over the airwaves. Write it down, Elio. That's the title of the show. <laughs> I got it. Why do you th- why do you think I did all that crazy shit at the beginning of the show? I have anarchy I have, over the airwaves. I got it. Um, but. Um, moving on, see, this is a, okay, this is another match that didn't have to, have to be on the show. Remember how I said that this show went entirely too long, folks? Sure. This show was fucking ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I was scheduled to, to hang out with, with my, with my friend, for this uh, for this show, and he had to um, help out his parents, help out his mom with something, so he couldn't uh, show up because he had to drive to West Virginia. So I understood that, and I was I was bummed out at the time. But I I gotta tell you, I would have fallen asleep on this cat, you know, had we been hanging out because this was five fucking hours, um, you know, and, and I was. I was very grateful, Elio, in fact, that we that you and I did not have to do a show on Sunday night. I was very glad that my guest spot for um, for wrestling POV was not, you know, uh, on on that double or nothing post show because holy fuck, I don't think I could have given you all Pistons go on that show. I would have been. I would have been like. 
I would have been falling asleep behind the camera. Yeah, so we didn't do a show. So they, the other guys had prior commitments, so there was no show, which I was confused because I was like, wait, is there a show or is there not a show? But, yeah, I don't think there would have been one anyways. You know, but God, but God damn, I, you know, I, I, I had to get up early the next, you know, the, um, yesterday morning to do a workout. You got to give me a break here, folks. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so the, so like I said before I went off, um, so we had Anna Jay versus Jade Cargill. Okay, this, right? this was another low point, and this match, okay. Well, first of all, where the fuck did this match come from? Because there was no build. It was only on Rampage uh, where they uh, booked this one, right? I think so. Yeah, it was on Rampage. Uh, they This came from Rampage. They didn't even uh, build a story here. So it's like, you know, what the fuck? I think there, I think there were three matches built on Rampage. But then, but then we get what? two debuts in one match. It felt like a WCW booked match. Yeah, with, all the, um, with all these run-ins and all these debuts. Well, well I, I really liked the debut of, of Athena. I, I, I mean, I was pumped up with a former Ember Moon. That one I liked by the freaking Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> well, now he's known as Big Stoke. Yes. Uh, Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway, yes. Um... You know, from his pre-WWE days. So what? So what is he? Is he uh, the new uh, representative for Jade Cargill? I think so. I think uh, I think Mark Sterling is shit out of luck. <laughs> oh boy. But um, yeah, he's a, he. I think he's a better fit for Jade Cargill than um than Mark Sterling. Yeah. That being said, but this match did not have to go on the pay-per-view. Look. They could have had this on the buy-in, too. They could have had... But they could have just scrapped it all together. We didn't need to have this. You know, uh, it's just this show went... Have I said this show went too long? Because I really do mean it. Like You already have one women's championship. You don't need two on the card. I'm just like, oh, my God. Well, it would have it been fine had they built it up a little bit. But Jesus fucking Christ, you know... If it wasn't booked on Rampage, it was definitely booked on that previous Dynamite. But we did I didn't hear about it prior to the to the week going into Bill or nothing. I mean, it's you know. But moving on, this next match was the match of night for me. Um, I one hundred percent agree with you. Um. This was I even I I even put on Twitter and you know I hate posting on Twitter, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen. I I was even telling my mom, I've had Twitter three times in the last seven or eight years. I have a question for you. Yeah, you, you keep saying you hate Twitter, but why are you still why are you on it? I understand because it because it helps me. Uh, advertise the show. Oh, okay. no, but like, uh, even like before this podcast, like, uh, were you on it before this podcast? No, no, I got, I got back on it for this show. Oh, but, so you weren't on it before that? I, I, no, I was off of it like two years prior to, um, oh. prior to the show coming back into existence. 
Like I said, I have been, I've been on it three separate times over the last eight, nine years. The first, the first time was because I had a, I had a long-standing internship at a, at a TV station, and I needed to, um, it was very easy to keep up with all the sports news. Oh, okay. So that was the first time. That was in 2011, and that lasted till like, 2015 when that internship ended. And then... And then I was on it one more time. That started because of a school project. I very quickly got off of it the second time. And then the third time uh, was because this show came to be. I hate Twitter so much. No, but I'm saying this way. I'm like, I was like, I was, just, I was like, just curious. I was curious because you hate, keep saying you hate Twitter. I hate Facebook too, but it, so, but so do I. My God, uh, Facebook I hate even more than Twitter. Twitter I don't because I don't really understand it, but Facebook I just really hate. You know, it, everything about it's so fake. It's like you know, ugh, it's, I, I can't. It's fake. I can't. Exactly, Mark Zuckerberg, you fucking suck. Uh, well, I, I I don't know, but Facebook itself sucks. But anyway, um, this match certainly didn't suck. No, this one delivered. This one delivered. Yeah. Death, Death Triangle versus House of Black folks. Holy shit! What the Julia Hart? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, no, but but see. I'm glad they finally pulled the trigger with that because it's no, like, I'm, like, I know what I'm saying. That one, like, I was, I knew it was gonna happen, but I just was, I was surprised, like, that they did it. To, the way they did it, it was so cool. The lights went off, and like, I thought, okay, who's coming up? What? And then they come back. Oh, she's standing in the ring. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh shit. Let me mute myself. Oh god damn! I, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't get to the mute button on time. Um, We're gonna have to cut that. <laughs> sorry. You see, but, you see, the energy Jake Cargill match gave my co-host allergies. He was allergic he, to that match. He, yes, absolutely. But um, everything, everything about. Um, about Death Triangle versus House of Black delivered, and I, and I have to tell you, man, I think um, I think that this pay per view is the best we've ever done in terms of um, pre match predictions. We did very well on this. I think I think you missed one. Hold on, I, I'm I'm just going back from the beginning. So I'm going to see. Okay, uh, we picked Hookhausen. That's one. We picked Wardlow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I missed because uh, the hardest one, right? Yeah, because you. Yeah, said the, I went the, with the young, the young bucks. Yeah, I said the hardies. Okay, Jade Cargill and House of Black one. Yep, so far, yeah, we're, we're doing well. Yeah, so and then, but but like this match was awesome. Like, yeah. Like, it was- I don't I don't like to go move by move because if we did it for this pay per view we'd be here for six hours. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> but um, 
But this is definitely going to be one of the matches that I go back and look at after tonight because I've actually I've I've seen bit, I, I saw the entire pay per view when it aired, and then I've I've seen quite a bit of it on repeat because I recorded the pay per view um, in preparation for this show. But this is this is one of them that I don't want to get into uh, too much. I, I'm just going to say. Go back and check this shit out because this was the high point of of high points of the night for me. Um, next up we had Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Um, it, it was very weird. I don't know why they had Mike Kyoto do this match. This this match was very odd. Um, it just I wasn't. That big of a fan of of this match. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it was bad, but there was just something missing. I, I would. I was looking forward to this tournament, but this whole tournament, the way it's been booked, was just really weird. Uh, yeah, especially especially on the women's side. I I, I would give um, a lot more credit to the men's side than the women's side. Um, which is, to, which to me, I, I don't want to sound like a dick, folks, and that's not my intention, but the women's division has always been a weak point of AEW. And it, it held true in, in this tournament. Um, but uh, up, up next, we had... Uh, Britt Baker. We had Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. And look, I predicted that that Britt Baker was gonna win. Like, she's she's the poster girl for AEW. But I yeah, I, I, did, I did love the intro with Rancid playing Ruby Soho over to the ring. Yeah, I didn't recognize Lars Fredrickson though. I mean, he looked completely different. Um, okay, you know what? I swear, when you pull out these uh, singers' names like that, and, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> You you sound so smart when you do that. So I was like, okay, I don't even know singers' names. Like, I know some singers' names. Like, groups like Rancid or stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a a music head. I always always have been. Um, Let me just look it up to make sure that they didn't have a new... Uh, lead singer or something. I don't think they do. Let me let me take a look here. Uh, All right, while you do that, I'll take over the next match, which that which was okay. This would this one I could have done without. It was a uh, man of the year and Paige Vincent defeating Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. I only have one question for you. For for that and and uh, yes it, it, it what okay so the guy I must have been looking at was Tim Armstrong I don't I I thought uh, I thought I thought that was um okay yeah because the guy that I was looking at on on uh, on pay per view looks a lot more like Tim Armstrong than uh, than. Lars Fredrickson, because I was like, I would have, I would have recognized that guy, because you know he's got tattoos on his fucking head and shit, you know. But um, 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a tattoo I'm a tattoo guy, folks. I've spent hours in the chair, but I, you got I gotta tell you, I remember getting my head tattooed. No, the fuck. <laughs> no. Okay, what's your question about this match? But, um, what the fuck was the point of it? Why? Why was that on pay per view? I don't I don't understand. It was one of those that was booked on uh, Rampage. Rampage prior to the pay-per-view. And did you get and a stipu- stipulation? Yes. The, st- the stipulation was that if, um, if Scorpio Sky and... Um, American Top Team won? And American Top Team won, then Kazarian and... Um, who the fuck? And uh, uh, Sammy Guevara. Yes, Sammy Guevara uh, would not be able to challenge for the TNT title as long as Scorpio was um, was champion. So that was that was a cool little tidbit. But you know, we've seen the whole invasion of the American Top Team facility before. Like I, I know that they've had this storyline before, but you know this doesn't need to be on the show. And and, and, and I don't want to see Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti on my screen. <laughs> yes, thank you. Because let me let me let me, let me tell you some folks. I know I know that's like my tagline now. It, it used to be now look, and now now it's let me tell you something, folks. I sound like Hulk Hogan that decided to host a podcast. Let me tell you something. <laughs> but, um, but it's, maybe it's just me. I even said this to my friend on, you know, when I was talking to him prior to the show. Um, I brought up two points. One, one is funny and true and one's just fucking true. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the funny, true one first, okay? So, I don't want to see that kind of PDA unless I'm watching a porno. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that, that's... What the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know. Certainly not take on the Infinity War. Like, this is not what I want to see when I purchase a wrestling pay-per-view. This is not Monday Night Raw in the HLA or whatever the fuck else. This is, this is not Edge and Lita having a live sex celebration. Please put your tongues away, Sammy Guevara, and take on T. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to ever see that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely terrifying. Um, and number, number two, not to, not to be the biggest asshole in the game, because I, I understand that Sammy Guevara is a heel now, but maybe I'm just old-fashioned. Like, the reason why I don't like... Sammy Guevara as a heel outside of his disgusting encounters with Tate Conti <laughs> is the fact that like, he got he, like okay let me calm down because I'm, I'm laughing and my voice is going higher and whatever the fuck but um 
But he got engaged to a girl on live television. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and that was that was real life shit. Like he was that wasn't storyline or whatever. He legitimately got engaged to a to a to his then fiance yep. live on the air. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, you know, it comes out on social media that, you know, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti are dating. So I would assume either they, either those two broke up or, or Sammy cheated on the, on the lady with, uh, Tay Conti. I'm not here, this is not Mari Povich, you know, but the, the reason I bring that up is because it's just, it's just, it's not a good look. It's just, it's just, aside from it being kind of, you know, it's just, it's not a good look. Maybe I'm just old fashioned, but what the, I mean, no, what the fuck right. is, it's, it's not a good look for him. But what the, I mean, it's just, it's, I find it unnecessary. You know, I know cheating is part of the society now or whatever the fuck, but I'm just like, if you're not happy, you know, break up with them for whatever reason, let them go, but cheating is not necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I felt like it was turned into a storyline to turn them heel, and I don't like it. I didn't. I didn't like it when they did it with Edge and Lee during the Matt Hardy Love Triangle, and I don't like it now. Yep. You know they they put the, they put the picture on air of of you know Sammy and Tay covered up with the with the TNT title covering up their genitals and shit. Oh, I saw that. I, I hope they have some kind of disinfectant. No wonder they no wonder they destroyed that t- championship with sledgehammers. Thank you very very much for that. But, you know, it's just like, okay, it's not necessary, and this match was not necessary on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's just, there was, I said this on on, uh, on the last show we did, there were 13 matches on this card, including the one on the pre-show. What the fuck is going on? I, we just talked about, you know, like, four matches that could have been taken off this card, and it would have been fine. But I'm going to tell you something, okay? And I was talking about when I was growing up, this was normal, like, 12 matches, 13 matches. Yeah. WrestleMania 3 had 12 matches on the card, okay? It started at 4 p.m., it ended at 7 p.m. That's it. Yeah, but, but WrestleMania 4, I made this argument on a previous podcast. If they had, if they had kept the... You know, the semifinals and the finals for WrestleMania 4, that would have been fine. But not the entire tournament on the, the show. No, that, that, show no, that, that, that one was four hours. It went from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. But, I mean, this this show was just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> in, in terms of... It was too long. In terms of length, it was absolutely just absurd. I'm... Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've heard me say this before, but but I think 
I think now more than ever, it bears repeating for this particular thing. Elio, you said you're you're 48. I'm about to turn 34. Uh, you know, um, next week. I, I I have a birthday on Tuesday, June 7th. It's gonna be great. But I'm that's my 34th birthday. I'm only 34 years old, and I wanted to fall asleep like a nine, like a 99 year old man in his recliner. <laughs> 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 Like, no, my, my wheelchair reclines and all that. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'll even do this live on the, on the air for Elio's entertainment. He can describe what, what he's seeing right here. But I'm literally going all the way back just like this. And I'm like, please. But when it ends, I want to go to sleep. So for you, your you wheelchair reclines, like, it goes backwards? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I can go down near uh, horizontal with this thing. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But it's just like, holy shit, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> so this this is not... Uh, I wanted to go to sleep, too, and I couldn't. I'm like, I have to finish watching this. I'm like, please be over. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. So that... That match was a complete miss, and and aside from the storyline and all of that, this was the worst Sammy Guevara has ever looked in AEW. Yeah, that match, that match was atrocious yeah, from, was a, from an in-ring perspective. And then and the infighting between Kazarian and uh, and uh, Guevara, and at one point it looked like Kazarian was gonna walk out on them, and then he didn't. Uh, but still, they were still arguing. Yeah, and I just, I don't get it. Oh, but, but one, one more thing, and we got to we gotta back up a little bit. I'm sorry. Uh, the, after the, uh, the tournament final uh, matches, there was a presentation of, you know, the, ch- the championships that were specially made for the winners of these tournaments. Mm-hmm. And, th- and those titles that were... Uh, given to Adam Cole and Britt Baker by Martha Hart, they were beautiful. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I actually noticed it without even having to look it up. I was quite proud of myself. You would have been proud, too. Um, but it, it, they were made uh, to look like the old Stampede, the old Stampede Championships. Um, I mean, they were gorgeous. And I, I really like the fact that... Um, that um, they did this, um, you know, for Owen, and you know, Martha coming out was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the, now, now, the actual presentation of of the championships, I have no problem with anything Martha said or whatever. I'm just saying. It was it was presented as if like Adam Cole and Britt Baker were prom king and queen, and I, I didn't like that. I I, but the rest of it was was perfectly fine. Um, then we had Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly. Do another one, and I, and okay, so they they mentioned the story behind how this match came about. 
Apparently, uh, uh, Darby Allen held uh, Kyle O'Reilly responsible for Sting being injured. Okay, well, that makes sense. But, you know, and, and was it a good match? Absolutely. You know, I wish Darby Allen wouldn't kill himself every fucking match. I, I, I say it all the time. This kid's not going to have a very long career if he keeps going like this. It's like, it's like Jeff Hardy on crack cocaine. You know, I I just I I really hope that this guy does not permanently hurt, hurt himself for fuck's sake. Um, but I mean, the match was perfectly fine. It was actually very good. But this was nine minutes and and fifty one seconds that did not have to be on the pay per view. Yep. I mean, what you know? What the hell? You know? I mean, I stress it all the fucking time. Time management, quality over quantity, and I got—I gotta be honest with you. For the first couple hours of this show, I was concerned. I because this—the whole thing just wasn't landing. It's not that it was bad. I mean, Kay Conti and company was bad, but but I mean nothing other than that was was, you know, intrusively horrible, I, you know, but it's just like, god damn, move it along. But but that being said, um, Thunder Rosa and Serena D was another highlight of the night for me. This was really, really good. And, um, you know, definitely go back and uh, take a look at this. Um, but I, I, the only the only criticism that I have actually there's two of them. Um, I like this match better the second time I went through it, but the first time I went I went through it, the crowd wasn't really into it at all. I think they were just burned out after um, after the um, after everything that's gone out gone on so far in the evening um but the crowd wasn't into it and also it the match took a long time to get hot and and I also noticed that some of the transitions uh looked a little sloppy to, to me uh, but by the end of it it turned into a really good match and this was also one of the um, highlights of the night. Now, yep. the anarchy in the arena match. Before I swear I, this match was stupid. Go on, go on. I actually really liked it. Ah, come on. Uh, all right. I, Why? Okay, I, explain. Because I thought it was so much fun. Yes, it was hectic. Yes, it was all over the place. You know, but... I just had a lot of fun with this. I did. Okay. Um, but I, I, I hate when, uh, okay, John Moxley comes out to playing his music. But the music kept playing during the badge. Yeah, but it, but that that was kind of cool because it reminded me of, like, New Jack and the Gangsters, like, from, from like, ECW back in the day. All right. Like, that was just, I mean, I had a lot of fun with this, uh, with this match. I thought it was Fantastic. Oh, by the uh, way, sorry, I, I'm, I was, I'm just looking up uh, Bleacher's uh, um, review, the rest of the show. They gave the Taikanti match uh, a D. Yeah, 
Justifiably so, because that match sucked. Um, Now, um, but yeah, the anarchy in the arena match was so much fun. I I honestly loved it. Um, And then another really good one was... um, the AEW tag team match between or for the titles mm-hmm. um, between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus um, Team Taz versus Swerve and Keith Lee. This was fan fucking tastic. Yep, this is a good match. Holy shit! I mean, I'm not I'm not even arguing with a with the four star rating this one got according to the review that I'm looking at because holy shit that was really good and so so the main events of this show delivered absolutely the first half of the show outside of um um House of Black and um Death Triangle that was a little slow actually parts of it were straight up painful for reasons that we've already gone over um but um yeah the tag match was good and um CM Punk and Hangman Page was fucking excellent it was amazing you know I can't I can't even do do this match justice on a review it's just Something you have to take a look at, and apparently, the the unofficial the unofficial time of AEW Double or Nothing without the pre-show was four hours and forty minutes. Please make it stop. This, I mean, this match, I mean, this card could have been knocked down by three or four matches. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and tell you, in my opinion, I know I said it as. Um, as to the uh, you know individual matches and we were going over them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the top of this and I'm gonna tell you the matches they could have skipped in the time that these matches took up, and we're gonna see how much shorter the uh, the pay per view would have been if they would have done a little bit, little bit more quality control. Okay. Now, given that, I I understand why they why they booked it like this because. We don't have monthly pay-per-views like WWE does. <laughs> they have quarterly pay-per-views, so I get that. But still, a little bit of uh, quality control would have been appreciated, if, if nothing else but for my circadian rhythms. Um, but, um, yeah, the pre-show wasn't even necessary. Um then we had Warlow and MJF. That was pretty good. Um, they could have they could have knocked off a good ten minutes from the Hardys and Young Bucks. That would have really helped, uh, even though the match wasn't that bad. Okay, so the the first match you can completely cut is Jade Cargill versus Anna J. That was seven twenty five according to this. Wow. Um. You you. Well, there's no way we're cutting the Death Triangle versus House of Black. That was that was awesome. Um, you could also you could also cut 
the the presentation of the Owen Hart Foundation uh, tournament, but by a good um, by by a good five minutes. I I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, Martha Hart's speech kind of wandered. Like like I I understand it and I give her respect. I can only imagine how difficult that must have been, but you know that was a little bit weird. And also. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and say this, and I and I don't really care if this makes me look like a look like an asshole, but I'm a very truthful person. Every single time I have seen Tony Khan on the air, he looks like he, he's high as fuck on something. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> You're not I wrong. Can't... You know what you want? Let me tell you something. Okay, you know how we have the book on the other show? Yeah. We have Tony Khan in there. He's in there. Because and uh we because of his googly eyes. <laughs> and and we called it now we you know we always come up with our own names for for these things, right? Yeah. So that one is listed as the fuck's wrong with Tony's eyes? <laughs> yeah, because like, and even and even even when they did the the post show scrum, I don't know if you saw this clip. I think I saw it where he was with CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the point that he was making was absolutely fine. I agreed with it, you know, because he was addressing Eric. Bischoff's asinine comments about CM Punk not being a draw for AEW. I got, I got, I, I got to tell Mr. Bischoff something with that. Um, you know, read, <laughs> what, read what, the, what, what is it with these uh, former wrestlers and uh, like uh, owners, like kind of giving their stupid opinions that don't even matter? But, like, but I mean, what? But whatever. But that being that being said, at the end of it, you know. Uh, both CM Punk and Tony Khan are like, let's fucking go, you know. And they're like pounding the table. I like, did, did Tony Khan take acid or coke or whatever the fuck? I mean, you were saying of, it too. What the fuck's wrong with Tony Khan's eyes? <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of a wrestling mind, I really like Tony Khan. You know, every, every, when AEW first came into existence, everybody was like, who the fuck is Tony Khan? You know, what is it, wh- where is his wrestling experience? Well, now, he's now, proven... Now they're, he's saying proven. Who the fu- now they're saying, who the fuck's Nick Khan? <laughs> well, Nick, Nick Khan can fuck all the way off. Yep. I mean, I mean he, can, he can just... He can release himself during the next round of budget cuts. Fuck you. Um... But, um, you know, but honestly, Tony, God, I love you, brother. You, you know, you've, you've brought a lot to the game of professional wrestling in your short time here. But put the drugs down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 Get some sleep or something. What the, what, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. It's like we always say, what the fuck's wrong with Tony Khan's eyes? I'm sorry, say it again? The fuck's wrong with Tony Khan's eyes? I I did that on purpose because I want that to be on the show very clearly. Um, 
But it's just like, wow, holy, holy fuck. Um, and then let me scroll back down. Uh, and you can, you can also cut Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Yep. Good, good match, not necessary to have on the card. That could have been a Rampage match. Oh, absolutely. Um, Steven Fenzer agreed with us. They're calling in. Well, I don't. I I honestly don't know why they wouldn't agree with us. But you know, it's just um. Yeah, but they're trying to call but, in. We're not taking calls at this time, fans. But thank you, anyways. But yeah, but the the main event, the the six man tag, and the tag team title match. Those are your are your go to moments. If you if you didn't see this entire show, you gotta check those out. They were really really good. Um, Elio, do you have anything to add uh, before we got, move on? No, I got nothing else to add to that. Okay, uh, so and, and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, before uh, before we smoothly segue into the into the bullshit part of the show, let me uh, let me say this, this show is a study in contrast. I I I understand that this evening uh, because. We have we have you know double or nothing which was pretty good, and then we have Raw and the Hell in the Cell build which <laughs> I could just I could just you know put down my headphones now and, and turn the recording off and visual it do, um, <laughs> and I, I'd be I'd be perfectly happy. But because Raw was a go home show to a pay per view, we have to cover it. Honestly, Elio, I was. I was considering, you know, texting you earlier and saying, do you just want to review a double or nothing and call it a day? We can't do that because it's Hell in a Cell, Go Home Show, and Hell in a Cell is this weekend. So I am virtually obligated to bring you the raw review. Uh, well, Elio, why don't why don't you why don't you take the lead on this one? Because I feel like I've talked yeah, too much. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the raw review. Okay, hey. uh, keep keep talking to the people. But while you're doing that, I'm gonna go grab a drink. All right. So Monday night raw. Now this can't be right because it says Sunday, May 29, twenty nine, twenty twenty two, unless they recorded this. So, Raw this week came to us from the Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines, Iowa. And for me, a high point on the show, the first high point I have was the Bianca Belair versus Oscar match. I thought that was a great match. Um, we had the six-man tag match with the Mysterios and Ezekiel taking on Chad Gable and Kevin Owens and Otis, Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens. Uh, that was just an okay match. And then the show dipped for me a bit with the Alexa plus Do- Dewdrop match. And the whole Miz TV and uh, 24-7 championship, I'm done with that. That's where the show hit low point for me. Um, Mustafa Ali defeating Ciampa by DQ, so he gets a U.S. Championship against Theory, and 
this one, I just think they're going to build it to their rematch on Sunday, which should be better than this one was. Alright, so Ben, I was just telling the fans, they must have recorded this show. Because the date I the date I have here is Sunday, May twenty nine, twenty twenty two. Well, either either that or they or they fucked it because, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I get that it it's a Memorial Day holiday, and um, you know, shout out to. to to all of those who passed away defending our country or have Sorry, I, I'm just checking on wrestling, with wrestling data to see if they messed it up or if it's actually... But you know what a, what a true gift on Memorial Day would have been? You have any idea, Elio? What's that? Uh, hold on, hold on. No, actually, uh, ProfiteDB fucked up because wrestling data has May 30th, WWE Raw. Okay, cool. Well, you know, a true gift would have been the cancel raw because nobody gives a flying fuck. <laughs> um, cer- certainly, certainly not me. So uh, I was, I was giving my high points and low points. Like for uh, for starters, the Bianca Belair Oscar match, uh, I have a high point. Oh, absolutely. Um, mine, minus the um, the DQ, the the. DQ and the and the and the bullshittery on the outside with Becky Lynch, I 100% agree. DQ, there was a DQ. I thought uh, Bianca Belair defeated. Uh, uh, it says Bianca Belair defeated Oscar. So I thought it was a DQ. Hold up. maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was a DQ. Hold up. Uh, did, 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 did. Well, on, on the fly, on the fly research here. Uh, nope, nope, it was, uh, Bianca Belair defeating Oscar. There was no DQ. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have it listed, oh. listed on both websites as, as, uh, Bianca Belair defeated Oscar. Oh, okay. So well, not... still, the ending was up, but the actual, uh, match was okay. The uh, Mis- actually, very good. Mysterio's and Ezekiel versus uh, Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens. Uh, that was a low point. Also, Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop. The high, one another high point I have was the Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins segment. Yeah, that was really that was really well done. I, I feel like um, I feel like that segment should have been the one to end the show, not. Almost MVP and Bobby Lashley. Like, what the fuck? But, but, I'm, okay, fuck. This, this was stupid. You know what? Miss TV is not the place to freaking insert the stupid 24-7 championship garbage. Seriously. Well, well, no, but I, I 100% agree. (coughs) Pardon me. I'm allergic to the 24-7 title and Miz TV. I'm sorry. You see what you're doing to my co-host? You know, know, if something happens to him, I have no co-host. I can't go out and find another one because there is is no one better to do this show with. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I figured you you would call in one of your wrestling POV cohorts. I appreciate that. I would call in. Well, they have their other... They have their own things going on as well outside of podcasts. Yep. 
Well, I appreciate your loyalty. So, uh, namaste, sir. Namaste. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, so the whole 24-7, like, why would you insert that in the Miss TV segment? Well, and I have another question regarding uh, Miss TV. All right. Why the fuck are they presenting the Street Profits like this? What happened to the Street Profits of NXT? Now, now, now you got them playing rock impersonators. You know? Yeah! Saying, you know, and it's just like... First of all, both of these guys are too good for this. They play their role very well. I'm not saying that they're not funny and good at what they do. God knows them. God knows that um, Montez Ford is one of the most spectacular athletes I've ever seen. Um, But Jesus Christ, nobody gives a flying fuck about the Miz. Did you notice that the only time he was getting clapped for was when he, when he said that Maurice was going to show up? <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the last time we saw Maurice, he was wearing a delightful outfit, you know, but it's just, like, I don't care. I, I, I really couldn't is the only, care is the only, This is the only time you're allowed to say anything about Maurice, because I'm not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. The last, the, last, the last time I said something about Maurice's outfit, I I sent my uh, I sent my co-host into a choking fit. Was, he, he, I, I, I thought we were gonna have a medical issue live on the air. The fuck. Um, but uh, <clears throat> okay, okay. Mustafa Ali defeating Chopper by DQ. I feel like, uh, okay, you know what, this theory match that they had on Raw, I didn't really care for. I, I really hope their match had Hell Cell's better than this one. Well, what's the, what's the point of, of, all the, of all the bullshittery? You know, first of all, we got the, the interference, and then we got a theory jumping on the mic and saying, why wait till Hell in a Cell, we're going to have the match now. I hate yeah, this. Yeah, but then, 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 and we're going to get in the give to us anyway. This is that hell of a sell. This is the problem with WWE booking. Nothing is special. We've seen everything at least four fucking times before we get to the fucking pay per view. They have too many pay per views. Have I made that argument before, Elio? I feel like I'm, I'm barking up a very familiar tree and my blood pressure is starting to. Oil. And this is this is this next one is really stupid. Why are you having Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura in a tag team championship contender smash against the tag team champions? It makes no sense. Well, well, the entire concept of championship contender matches don't make any sense. And look, I I I understand the the thought process between pairing. Um, Shinsuke and Riddle together, you know, because the Usos took out their respective tag team partners, so they're uniting against the common enemy. I get that, yep. but they are not—they are not a real tag team. Stop with the tag team titles. See this? this okay, look. All right. 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to contain myself and get get back to this because I really want I really want you all out there that are listening to this to understand this and, and take me seriously when I say this. I understand why they merged the 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 tag team titles and. And did all that. I, I was begging for it for years, and I was like, eh. When I, when I felt they were finally doing it, I, I, I damn near looked like a bongo monkey on, on, the, on the podcast. Elio can, can attest to that. I was going crazy. Um, and and I, I, did, I did the same thing when I thought that, um, you know, Roman Reigns winning both belts would consolidate the show a little bit. I. I honestly thought that was great. The, the issue, the, the issue, especially on the on the world heavyweight title side, but even even a little bit on um, on the tag team side, is WWE doesn't have a tag division that is that is big enough, let alone diverse enough, to give us compelling matches on a daily basis. Why do you think? Now, now, granted, Elio, these two tag teams are great together. But why do you think we've had the Usos versus the New Day so many times? It's because they don't have a fucking tag team division. Nope. And I thought I, I thought I read or heard something like Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling or something. Well, clearly, I mean that's very, that's very obvious. Like how it's been fucking presented for the last decade and a fucking half. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So, so they don't have that. You know, um, their their world their world title scenario isn't going to exist for ten weeks in the summer. Um, we we don't have a world title on Raw at all. <laughs> right. The, the only re- the, and the only reason Roman gets mentioned on SmackDown is because of the Usos being in the bloodline. Okay, so you mean to tell me that the highest ranking championship on Raw is, pardon me, is the United States title, which is currently being held by Theory, Mr. McMahon's protege. I get that. But you mean to tell me that that is their highest-ranking title and the best that you can do, even with a show that has Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins delivering a badass promo, the best that you can do for a main event segment is almost an MVP in a contract signing with Bobby Lashley for another Bobby Lashley versus almost Hell in a Cell match? They should, they should. They should. They should. They should have had Liv Morgan and Ripley as a last, as a final match. Well, well, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I respectfully disagree with you. Oh. Because okay. what the fuck is that? No, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, at least it's a match that ends the show, not a stupid contract signing segment. Well, I mean, god, god damn. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a match that main events the show, I have an idea. How about we do this? Looking on the fly, Elio. Uh oh. You okay. have 
Bianca Belair versus Asuka close the fucking show. That's you know the main event. I wouldn't mind that. I would. Yep, I actually like that. God damn, it's not that hard, motherfuckers. <laughs> you, you just have to think. You have to have a brain cell that's not named Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard. Fuck! <laughs> I just, I, you know, I, I hate, I despise Raw, I despise SmackDown. Uh, God. I just, I can't, I can't deal with it. So, guess what, guess what? We are done with with uh, our review of Raw. Thank Christ. <laughs> Thank Christ. <laughs> We're not going to move on to freaking Hell in a Cell. Which, by, by the way, folks, uh, and, and I know I've said this twice already, but I want you to understand this. There are no SmackDown matches on this card. And they yeah. only have one more SmackDown before the pay-per-view. That is so bizarre. Which means I'm going to give them the same criticism I gave AEW. What the fuck are we doing? Booking an entire... Not one or two matches on the fly. We are booking an entire brand's matches on the fly two days before a pay-per-view. What the fuck is going on? And, and yet you ask me why my veins are bulging out of my neck because I'm talking about wrestling. Oh, you should just shut up and enjoy the show. It's professional wrestling. You shouldn't take it so seriously. Take a break. Have a pill. Go outside. Fuck you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we, we, we have been watching wrestling for over 30 years and... And we're not supposed to care about this. We're supposed to just just accept what we're being fed like old people have a nursing home being fed to a tomb. What? (laughs) What the fuck is going on here? I don't understand. I just... Okay. As as you can tell, Raw was the lowest rated... um, lowest rated show already of the entire week and um, and no other show has even taken place yet nope. outside of Double or Nothing. <sighs> Do you have anything to add, Elio? No, we are done with that Monday Night Raw review. I'm gonna let me just pull up the um, results, the um, card for Hell in a Cell. Alright, here, let me, let me get that. I actually, I actually have it up, so I'm not going to have uh, technical difficulties trying to find it, thank oh, God. Small a... miracles, ladies and gentlemen. Small motherfucking miracles. Okay, did you see the the, the poster for Hell No. No. Uh, wait a minute, I gotta... Oh my God. <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god, I could do better work than that. Okay, there's six matches on this card. To this point, oh my god. Alright. 
And I only see one Hell in a Cell match on there. Well, what, and, and that perspective I'm happy about because in the past we've had two or three. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that. We Well, we've had uh, the women's and men's Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, I um, well, and I, I don't put it past them. They might add another one. I don't know, but I mean, what the fuck? Uh, all right, so um, why don't you MC this part of the show? Okay, I'm gonna go bottom to top or top to bottom. Let's go bottom to top. All right, so uh, first we have a six-person mixed tag match. Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan versus The Judgment Day. Edge, Damien Priest, and Rhea Ripley. I'm giving it to The Judgment Day. Yes, I agree. Then for the United States Championship, we have Theory versus Mustafa Ali. Theory. I, yeah, I don't see Theory losing. I'm going with Theory on that one. Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Ezekiel's winning. As much as I don't want to even see that, because I don't give a fuck about it anymore. It was funny for two to three weeks. It's not funny anymore. Stop it. Shut the fuck up. You know, you you killed you killed Elias, and now you're killing Ezekiel. Who? What, uh, I'm I'm gonna look this up because I'm because I'm just curious. I I want to I want to see something. I'm, Plot twist. Elias comes out and helps Ezekiel win the match. Oh, yeah, they're going to pull some twin magic with that shit. No, you know, um, you, you know who they should bring in? Seriously? Damien Sandow. I he he could make it work. Exactly. Well, that would at least be something. So, so Ezekiel's real, real name is... Uh, is Jeff is Jeff Shulo, I think. Yeah, Jeff Shulo, yeah. That's his name. Um you know, buddy, you got and and I think oh it says right here that he debuted on June seventh, two thousand eight, so that would have been my twentieth birthday. So congratulations for that. Um but um you know Mr. Shulo um, might be on Nick Khan's budget cut list after this because this shit sucks. I mean, the the poor guy. I mean, this guy. I mean, he. This guy is a talented wrestler, you know. And, and what are, what are they doing? I mean, he's not the best, but you know, he certainly. Uh, have, have, have you noticed they're making him look like the Ultimate Warrior with the tassels on his arms? Well, Jesus Christ! No, nobody wants Ultimate Warrior cosplay. No, I'm saying. Have you, have you noticed though? They're, what they're making him? They're making him look like him with the tassels. Yes, I yeah. Okay. Um, this next match, I I'm already putting this as a low point. Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a two-on-one handicap match. I got Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley and let it end. Oh, and by by the way, um, can can I maybe speak something into existence? Okay. After Bobby Lashley wins, don't hand him a mic on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, it's no, it's, no. You're not wrong. His promos are not good. 
The guy can't cut a promo. Please don't kick my ass. You're you're a marine. You're a badass. I get it. You can't cut promos to save your life, Bobby. I'm sorry. And then we have a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship: Bianca Belair versus Oscar versus Becky Lynch. Well, as as much as I as much as I don't want to see this. Because it means that we're going to have more um, Becky Lynch Shield promos. I I would I would I would say Bianca Belair because you you can't have her lose it again. Yeah, I'm I'm more Bianca Belair on this one. You know, I just you know, but but I I, I hesitate because yeah, do I think Bianca's going to win? Do I think she should? Yes. However, that also means, folks, that we have to take an L as fans because it only means that Becky Lynch's heel promos are going to continue. I would like to publicly apologize. I would like to have a eulogy for our pride and dignity. I no. just... No. She sucks. Now, Ben... Woo. Go on. What? No, go on. Like, like you, you, guys, you guys have to understand something. I love Becky Lynch. Elio, you can you can attest to that. Yep. I have I have sung Becky Lynch's praises as much as anybody. My co-host has had a thing with Becky Lynch for a while now. Sad Rollins, I'm sorry, but it's true. And and I'm and I'm, I'm better looking than Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. Um, plus, his, his tattoos are terrible. <laughs> I mean, the, the you know, I get it's the Bushido code, but still, you know, it's very 90s, very weak. Ugh, your tattoos suck. Anyway, <clears throat> um, Becky Lynch as a heel, um, what the fuck is going on? Well, I'm, First sorry, of, I'm sorry, did you know, did you catch what she said on the commentary? She called, no, herself, I, she called herself a magician. And she called herself a wizard beforehand. <laughs> oh, she, So she's already, steal, she's already stealing from Chris Jericho. I, I mean, I don't care for any kind of wizard unless it's Harry Potter or some shit. You know, I... You know, give me Harry Potter. Hell, give me Professor Snape or something. Not Chris Jericho and Becky Lynch as the wizard. You know, what the fuck? You know, I get made fun of for watching wrestling, and I can't blame these people. After my own family makes fun of me, they're like, what the fuck? Because they walk in the the room and see Becky Lynch's ridiculous fucking outfit. (laughs) She, She looks like, you know... Um, Seinfeld meets Sesame Street or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> what the fuck is she wearing? She's gonna be Ra's very first pirate. Oh. Well, you know, we already have a pirate that we love that needs his job back. His name is Jack, Jack Sparrow, a.k.a. Johnny Depp. Oh, by the way, Amber Heard, you are the worst liar I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Just, 
I don't know if you heard about this. I, I heard this about some TikTok, which I don't know how much it's, how true it is, that they're considering The Rock for the role of Jack Sparrow. Oh, God. I haven't heard that, but I can only hope it's not true. I hope not. <laughs> All right, the, the last match on here is the Hell of a Cell, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. You know what? This time yeah. I'm... I'm going with Cody Rose in the past. I picked Seth Rollins, and I and I was wrong on that. So I'm going to go with Cody Rose. No, it needs to be Cody Rose, and and then we need to move on. Yep. Because because you know it's just it's been going on since WrestleMania, and and I understand WrestleMania was last month, but 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 it, in that vein, okay, it's. You know, or two months ago, they've already, and this will be the third match in two months, and it's just, it's, it needs to be over. Yep. All right, so that is uh, our predictions for this Sunday's WB Hell in the Cell. And and what and what is our unofficial time on the on this thing so far? I'm just curious. I just have two oh three on here on my screen. Goddamn two oh three, ladies and gentlemen. Well, holy fuck. Well, the good news is that we I can att- I can tell you that all the bullshit is now over and we can get to the fun stuff. But I think unless I'm very much mistaken. Uh, Elliot, do you want to take a break real quick so we can... Yeah, uh, we are going to, into commercial, and we will, be at, we will be back shortly with our results of the AEW Best Themes Tournament, and I have another tournament coming up on Saturday. You're going to love this good. one. So very stay good. tuned for that. All right, fans, we are back. Ben, yes, I have the AEW Murder Mystery Game set up. Oh man, the last one, the WWE one, was crazy. And you know how this works. You have to, you. I'm gonna press play on this video, and you're gonna tell me to stop. Like at any point, like because this one is already set up. This person already did it on TikTok, so you can't just say stop when this stops. So you have to make this yours. Say stop whenever when you're ready. Okay. So. The first one we need is who was murdered backstage at AEW Dynamite? Go. Stop. Hold on. Uh, wait. Let me. Uh, let me pull it back up. Give me a. Which is, okay, here we go. Try it, try it again. Go. Stop. Wow, Scorpio Sky was murdered backstage. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now we have to find out who found the body. Alright, so here we go. Stop. Apparently CM Punk found the body. 
<laughs> oh dear. Okay. Alright. Now we need to know who the lead detective is. We have to find the lead detective on the case. So go. Stop. Oh boy. <laughs> Sammy Guevara is the lead detective. Oh dear. Don't don't bring Tay Conti with you. Nothing will ever get solved. Alright, so next we need to find out who who had an alibi. Are you ready? Yep. Go. Stop. Ooh. Ruby Soho had an alibi. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, now we have to find the suspects. Are you oh, ready? Yes, sir. Suspect number one. Remember, this automatically stops at Scorpio Sky, so you can't, you have to stop, bef say stop before that. It's so, like, give yourself like five seconds and then say stop or whatever. Okay. It's always going to land on the same one if you don't. Alright? Okay. Okay, and go. Stop. Oh. Ooh. Hikaru Shida, suspect number one. Oh, boy. Okay. No, no, no wonder she has trouble getting back into the state sometimes. <laughs> Suspect number two. Who's suspect number two? And go. Stop. Hold on. No, we have to do it again because we can't have the person that's dead as a suspect. Okay. So, go. Stop. What? Is that for real? CM Punk's the lead detective, but he's also a suspect. Wow. Okay. All That's right, fine. sure. He's trying to lead the, 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 the investigation in the wrong direction. Suspect number three, Ben. And go. Stop. Hold on, try it again. Sorry, that was my bad. Go. Stop. Ooh. Britt Baker, suspect number three. So we got CM Punk, Britt, CM Punk, Britt, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. Oh, quite the, quite the group there. Who hit the body? Remember, five seconds, then you stop. Okay. Go. Stop. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Kenny Omega hit, hit the body. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, what? This is good. 
This is getting spicy, folks. But who's the actual killer? Are you ready? Yes, sir. Go. Stop. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Dead house is a killer? I'll tell you what, these d- detectives suck they can't get the right suspect to save their lives. Well, yeah, this is true. Now, who's the judge? That's what I want to know. <coughs> okay, five seconds, go. Stop. Ooh. <laughs> what? Orange Cassidy is the judge. Oh, dear. <laughs> Now we have to find out who ultimately went to jail. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, sir. And go! Stop. Wait, try the answer. And go! Stop. Ooh, Adam Cole went to jail. I'll tell you what, Sammy Guevara must be Trump's off take Conti if he if all these different people were suspects and Adam Cole's in jail. I mean damn. So Dan Housing got away scot free, huh? Dan Housing got away. Adam Cole went to jail for a crime that Dan Housing committed. What's going on? <laughs> well, Dan Housing worked his voodoo then, huh? <laughs> Alright, so, alright, um, so that was the AEW murder mystery game. Now, Ben, I have the results of the AEW best themes tournament. And uh, you you gave these to me earlier via text, so I don't really let the fans in on the surprise here. Alright, so this tournament came down to the final two: Adam Cole versus CM Punk. And the results of that are as follows. CM Punk, Cult of Personality, got 63%, while Adam Cole, All About the Boom, got 38%. So CM Punk wins the AEW Best Theme Tournament. Well, that's that's not really surprising. So, uh, what, what do you think? Who do you think? Uh, do you think? Uh, who do you think should have should have won or would have won? Um, e- either uh, CM Punk or um, Ruby Soho. Yeah, I mean, uh, see, I can't. I can't believe in twenty twenty two. Uh, like, uh, so many fans love a song that came out in 1988 that I, I didn't even, that they probably wouldn't have even known had it not been for CM Punk. I mean, I'm sure they would have, like, I didn't even know. I was listening to this song in 1996. Yeah, but then again, you have to remember, In In Living Color, uh, um, 
I, be, I believe that was I believe that was their biggest song, right? Yeah, off of um, their 88 CD Vivid. Oh, God. All right, so, Ben, I have another tournament set, lined up for Saturday. Very good. And I already have the brackets. This is a single elimination because there's only 10. So it's kind of hard to put into two brackets. So, this one, who is the true top villain of the 1980s in the WWF? And I have the matches all set up here. Like, what I did it the way I used to do when I was a kid. I used to go in a magazine and I would put, like, the number one uh, wrestler taking up versus number ten, number two versus number nine, and so on. Oh, yeah. So... The matchup, the, the first round matchups, or the opening rounds, we have Larry Zbysko versus Randy Savage. Oh, that's a good one. We have Don Morocco versus Ted DiBiase. Okay. Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Andre the Giant. Sergeant Slaughter versus Paul Orndorff. And the Iron Sheik versus Roddy Piper. Uh Uh-huh, there he is. Now, whoever wins between Iron Sheik and Roddy Piper gets a... will get a bye all the way to the finals. Like, the way I... the way I have it set up here. Well, no, actually, they get... they get a bye into the semifinals, and then... The winner of the matches between, of the Zabisco Savage match and DiBiase Morocco match has to face Piper in the final. Uh, has to face Piper in the finals. Because because Piper was the number one seed. Was that why? Why well, I am is the number five seed, but um, because the way I have it like set up here, I just like the way I. I'm going to send this to you, and then you can see how... Actually, let me do that now, actually. I'll see how I can do this. Alright, so I'm going to share it to you right Now and it is sending, and you should have it right now. All right, let's take a look at this. Otherwise, I'll, and if you can't open it, I'll just send you a, a, a screenshot of it. Like that's just an example. So those aren't the winners. I just uh, you. Yeah, I can't. I can't open this. You can't open it. Don't worry about it. Hold on. I I, I sent you a screenshot. Go ahead. Alright, let's take a look. So, did oh. you see how I have it set up? Oh, yeah, you have, um... Okay, yeah, I got you. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's how... That, and that's how I got, like, with the uh, Piper being, uh, the... Getting the buy-in to the semifinals. 
So the winner of the Savage DBLC uh, uh, matches has faced Piper in, in the finals. Absolutely. All right, so now we are going into Time Warp. And this, this time, we are going back to Friday, December 27th, 1985. I was 11 years old. I was negative three. <laughs> All right, dude, we had Mid-South Wrestling at the San Houston Coliseum. And our opening match is a dog collar match. The Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer defeating Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I thought, then, I thought the Mad Dog was Bashan. Uh, uh, there were a lot of Mad Dogs in wrestling. There's Mad Dog Bashan, uh, there's Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. Oh, okay. Well, then different, a, different time, moon, I guess. Then there's the Moon Dogs. Oh, well, yeah, I remember. And then we had Jerry the King Lawler defeating the Masked Superstar. Ah, uh, well that that makes sense. Jerry was a big Jerry was a big star. In match number three, the million dollar well, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase defeated Dick Murdoch. In tag team action, sorry. I I, I said I I remember um, I remember Dick Murdoch being a real um, real uh, known for being a real badass. Yeah. And in tag team action, we had the fabulous ones Steve Kern and Stan Lane defeating Chavo and Hector Guerrero. Oh man, the Guerrero the Guerreros are so iconic. I, I miss Eddie so much. Terry Taylor defeated Dr. Death Steve Williams. Don't, don't, don't tell Jim Ross that. He'll, he'll die of uh, embarrassment. Ricky Gibson defeated Rob Recksteiner. Oh, God. Killer Tim Brooks defeated so Terry... Was, was, was this an earlier version of Scott Steiner? No, this is Rick Steiner. Oh, okay. And then we I, had, st- I still wonder why Braun Breaker can't go by uh, Bronson Steiner. What's, what's wrong with that? I don't know. I hate that name, Braun Breaker. And, and then, um, oh, God. Um, the um, the Rock's daughter just got a new ring name. Let me... Yes, uh, I saw that. Um, actually, I have it written down because... Uh, the other guys uh, brought it up in the in the group messenger. Let's see yeah. if I can find this. Hold on. Let's take a look. Yes, she is now called Ava Rain. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh my God! I just thought of something. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I just I just thought of something. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm scared right now because check this out. We have Alba Fire and Ava Rain. Oh no! <laughs> Fire yeah. and Rain. Yeah, Kaylee Ray. Oh my God, that's horrible. I'm saying fire and rain. That is that is so bad. Yeah, I, I know. But I mean, like, why would they change their names? Like, I. Uh... 
Why did not change Kaylee Ray's name? Her name is not Kaylee Ray. It's Kaylee Ray, her real name. Yeah, it's just weird. Alright, then we had Killer Tim Brooks defeating Perry Jackson. Killer Tim Brooks is uh, Keith Lee's trainer. And in the main event, because Ricky Gibson uh, wrestled twice on this card, it was Ricky Gibson defeating Oladipo. What a name for a wrestler. So that was uh, UWF Mid-South wrestling at the Sam Houston Coliseum for December 27, 1985. And now we're going to... Very cool. We're going to close the show out with our final segment. Ben, we have Wrestling Roulette. Yes, sir. And we'll be back shortly while I get the playlist set up. All right, we have Wrestling Roulette, Ben. Now the way this works, I play 21 themes. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. I only play 10 seconds of it. And Ben, here's your first one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Hold on. All right, Ben, here's your first track. Oh, my God. Uh, doink. Doink. Okay. That threw me off. I have no idea. That is Diana Parazzo. Okay. Um, I have no clue. That is Kushida. Oh. Okay, one and two. One and two. Can you play that? The all of a sudden it went really low. Can you play that again? Oh, hold on. Let me um plug uh, the iPad here and uh. Okay. Let me, okay, let me move this back. All right, here we go. The Miz? The Miz. What a terrible theme. Yeah, seriously. Who came up with Jim Johnston? Come on, you can do better. Exactly. Okay, so it's one and three, right? Two and two. Two and two, sorry. Right. Alright, so it's two and two. Here we go. Track number five. (laughs) Another bad theme. Yeah, terrible. Uh, Brie Bella. 
rebellion. Like, come on, CFO. I swear, CFO, man. Their music. Exactly. Uh, here we go. Track number six. I'm a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn. Yes, that's right. The Ass Boys. Uh, can we stop? Can we please? And the other thing too. The other thing too, right? Can we? Can we stop with the Anthony Bowens scissor me bullshit? Like it's just weird. Oh, you talking with when he does that? Yeah, with the you know, it's just. Why does he do? Weird. Why does he do that for? I, I don't know. I don't know. So four and two. Okay. Here we go. Try seven. I don't know. Trick Williams? No. That is Humberto. Well, he sucks. <laughs> I don't know, Steve Blackman. This is the Ministry of Darkness. Now, when did they ever use this? Uh, well, okay. No, no, no. no. See, we're not going to use that. They never fucking use that theme. Exactly. All right, well, skipping. Well, I think that's the point of Uncaged, is that these are all the unreleased, unused themes, but still. Jesus, all right. Still four and three. Uh. Tiger Ali Singh? No. Nope. You like that name, don't you? <laughs> no, the Iron Sheik. Oh. Roddy Piper's opponent in this tournament. Alright, here we go. Next one. The Rock. Did we really need uh, lyrics for this one? Since do you smell what the Rock is cooking? I smell it. Come on, come on. What? <laughs> who who writes these lyrics? Seriously. Okay. <clears throat> nowhere in this, nowhere in the theme are there there any lyrics. So stop. All right. So number track ten. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, I have to ask you, what do you think of that theme? I, I like it. It works for him. And that's a Def Rebel theme. Wow. Well, that's about the only good one they've ever done. Alright, so six and four. So, track 11. Hero. 
they could have done so much more with that team. Hit row. Hit row. AJ Francis is a Maryland boy, so it's like, oh my god, can we please help this guy out? Seven and four. Oh my god. Uh, I'm gonna kick myself. Um... Pass. Wade Barrett. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry, Wade. Uh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm afraid we've got some bad news. <laughs> seven, oh, seven and five. After that first word, it sounds like a generic 80s rock song. Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction, 8 and 5. I gotta hear this whole thing after, uh, just to see what exactly, okay. Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis. Nine and five. All right, here we go. Triple H. Triple H. Ten and five. Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura. 11 and 5. Track 17. That's how that starts. That's that is Omar. That is terrible. Oh my god. That is fucking awful. Alright. Alright, 11 and 6. Wait, yeah, 11 and 6, right? Yes. Okay, track 18, here we go. Whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. Alright, Rob Van Dam, 12 and 6, alright. I don't know. <laughs> it's Eva Marie. Uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> she should be taken off the list just by default. <laughs> 12 and 8 12 and 7 12 and 7 okay, yeah sorry 12 and 7 okay two more yep track 20 
sounds like a Power Ranger scene. Um, play that again. Oh God. Sounds like something that was played on Velocity a lot, but I can't place it. Who was it? That is Ultimo Dragon. Oh, shit. What's this? 12 and 8. Here we go, last one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Alright, fans. That's it. Another episode of the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will be back on Tuesday night with your, all your Hell and Soul results. Um, actually, Saturday, Saturday because um, cause we, have to, we have to bring you the, the updated card, actually, because... Um, Oh, that's right, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, plus we have all the fallout from Double or Nothing and all that stuff, so we have to come oh, yeah. back on Saturday. Yeah, no, I was, I was thinking about Hell in a Cell, like, it's like a standalone. Okay. We'll be back on Saturday with the added matches, if there are any, which hopefully there are. God, this card sucks. And, of course, back on Tuesday with all your results. If you can't wait till then, I'll be back here on Sunday night with the results right after the show on WPOV Aftermath. For now, I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night. What would you guys do if I wasn't here to set Elio straight? Confusing you all with the schedule. Elio, can you do one thing more right for me? Hit, right. The, goddamn, hit the goddamn outro. <laughs>